Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 214, and today we'll be talking about the Adventure Time episode, Moraturi Te Salutamus. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, uh, you were wondering before what my favorite early Adventure Time episode is. This is, this is that episode. <laughs> what, what, what sells you on it the most? I don't know. It's like Tiger Millionaire. It's hard to pick just one thing I love about this episode. It is, I, I love the, the concept. I love the, the way they rush in after deciding it's not just a trap, it's an <laughs> awesome trap. I, I love Tropical Island. That is such a fantastic song. And there's a, there's a wonderful cover of it on YouTube by a man called Blake Robinson, by the way. So you should you should look that up mm. if you want to be amazed. Will do. But I mean, even the little things, like when when in the final fight against the other ghosts, when Finn is just spouting, you know, Latin retorts at the <laughs> ghosts, and the the fight king just ah, just fire out of his eyes and mouth when when Finn says that everything is fantastic. Yeah. I'll, I'll add on there that, yes, this episode, even in season three, uh, early uh, Adventure Time episodes are weird. But this episode is a really, really special kind of weird. I think because a lot of the gags go the whole episode through, like the king just being totally weird with not being able to speak a sentence, you know, and just absolutely moaning and repeating. And then uh, the the ghosts being particularly weird. This is one of the strangest enemies that Finn has ever had to fight because they are in no way actually eager to fight him. They are, like, mourning that they are in combat. They seem to be clearly at a loss. They, they're, like, crying as, as Finn becomes more demented and, and starts tearing their heads off. It's, it's very strange. And meanwhile, Jake's fixation on making a lava hula hoop None of it makes sense. I, I kind of like paused the episode just to check where I was. I was six minutes in right before Finn starts uh, turning, right? Jake comes back up through the dirt and, and sees supposedly the king starting to control Finn. But up until that point, like there was no plot thread at all. Finn and Jake, the stakes are low in that they choose to come back into the arena and there seems to be no threat to them. And Jake, we have no idea why, is fixated on just digging into the dirt. Except he doesn't even do that. He stops trying to find lava and just starts making himself into a mermaid with the sand. It's so strange. It's classic Jake is what it is. <laughs> yes, and I think this episode for me, the feeling I would describe to it is something that Adventure Time does later too, where it feels all abstract and silly, but you can't help shake the feeling that they're trying to be symbolic for something. But then the episode ends and you go, but is it really? <laughs> Was it really that symbolic? <laughs> they didn't mention any symbolism in the commentary track. And Jake's attention deficit disorder... Uh, this makes me think back to the episode Power Animal, which was all about Jake's complete inability to focus on a task for more than <laughs> like 20 seconds. And that's being real generous. Yeah, really generous. It, I mean, the episode sort of, especially with like the ghosts all having a pair that they all are mourning someone they've lost and the episode resolves with them all walking, supposedly with maybe the person that they were missing together. Yeah, um, that's that's the intent. 
that that's that's you know at this point in the show there's not really any tension built up between Finn and Jake and so I think it's pretty funny that in season three maybe the one of the initial pitches for the idea is like you know what if Finn and Jake were pitted against each other but this just plays so much against the expectations of like any other like cartoon or anime that would do that that would pit the two protagonists against each other by the time that happens uh, it just felt like hilariously absurd that Jake is everything's stretching. been building to this <laughs> exactly Jake's like stretched out all among the stadium and Finn has already we've seen him brutally murder a sand creature and then just <laughs> there's no real fight he just throws down the sword and then he's like I was faking it the whole time <laughs> <sighs> oh that is pretty good the the not without a bigger sword gets me every time Yes, <laughs> the fact that you almost think it's a resolution and then he gets a bigger sword, but then he just throws it down because apparently Finn was so super knowledgeable the whole time that that sword was somehow tied to the king being alive. And it's all just ridiculous anyway. I mean, you know, <laughs> Finn's a dungeon diver. He he knows he knows how boss monsters work. He looks he looks at the fight king and he sees, OK, this guy's physically not all there. He's got to have some <laughs> magical artifact propping him up. What's the one thing he never takes his hand off of? The magical sword. It's funny how even an episode like this builds up Finn's character that way and also continues to build up Jake's character that way. And they even do other things like that, too. For instance, in the episode right before this, I can't remember the name, but they're fighting like silly little monsters. But they're throwing in like at this point in the show still references to like mom and Conquest stuff. Conquest of cuteness, right? Yes. Conquest of cuteness, again, is showing Jake is really inept. He's scared of the little creatures finding him. And <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> you know, he like ends up sleeping in bed with Finn and, and is referencing his mom. But all these little stories, I mean, we can't help but when stories feature characters that they perhaps build up their personalities and our understandings of them but it just it ties in in this very beautiful way <laughs> but also this episode still it, it leaves me with a weird feeling with the way it ends as jake and finn try to analyze maybe the one thing to try to make sense of the story at all they sort of pretend that there was a point to it by talking about you know they actually talk about out loud the the realization that the ghosts are like having some kind of resolution and pairing up but then weirdly, the whole stadium also kind of warps away in the background. And then it does yeah. one of the famous Adventure Time cuts. And it almost gives you a feeling of like that there was some importance to the thing. Mm. I don't know. The fact that they well, included that shot. They they do mention in the commentary that at least with the, the Fight King having lost an arm, that was just, you know, that, that wasn't intentional. You, you know how Finn would eventually lose his arm yeah. repeatedly. They said that wasn't intentional, but they did talk about, you know, the Adventure Time thing where they just plant some seeds and, you know, come back to, to reap what they need. So maybe they had the arena disappear. So if they ever had any good ideas, they could bring it back as something important. And I guess they never did. Yeah. But I mean, I, even even without that, you can just say, oh, the Fight King must have been a load bearing boss. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the whole arena has that sort of mysterious vibe of it, too, with us seeing all the, like, dead skeletons underneath the stadium and also weirdly robotic creatures. There's oh, like... Yeah, I loved that bunny bunny armor helmet. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> like, it just... None of it makes sense, and I love how detached it is. And also, this is very common for Adventure Time songs. 
But like you said, Jake's Tropical Island song is just totally off the wall. The way that he doesn't match the beat, which is normal anyway in Adventure Time. He is really specifically off the track of the ukulele. as He just spouts off Tropical Island for no reason and doesn't even finish a song until later in the episode. Yeah, that was that was one of Ms. Sugar's songs, by the way, in case the, the ukulele wasn't enough of a hint. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I love it. I love that song so much. It's a really extreme version of her showing her love for imperfection in, in music and the impromptu nature and madness of, of Jake going into this lava hula hoop fantasy. Um, yeah. I, I love the, I love the, for, I love all the verses, but I do love the hanging with the hula dancers, asking questions because they got all the answers. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and he's doing the little the 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 hula. What are those things called that you see him in the trucks uh, on the dashboard? Whatever those. Things I mean, are those called. are hula dancers, right? <laughs> yeah, so, but he's doing that with his hand because he's a shapeshifter, and because I, I mean, I don't, I, I can't think of another episode where Jake so specifically goes off the deep end as this, with no other apparent reason, like. His the whole splitting of the plan at the beginning of the episode where Jake's like, I'm going to dig and you're going to fight. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Also, it's hilarious how they don't reference it. But of course, Jake could just stretch out of there in the first place at the first sign of harm. Well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe there's a magical ceiling. They they never felt under any threat except at the very end when Jake was completely fixated on Finn at that point, just bugging out. Not quite an option for him. So, I mean, they never felt threatened by the fight king they they ran into that trap on purpose because they thought it would be fun <laughs> and i mean finn had a great time kind of kind of scared the fur off of jake a little bit but but at least we know now that maybe finn's secretly always aware of what's going on except for except for in the what's it called the other tarts where the, where they completely botched the tart taker plan from princess bubblegum except she <laughs> knew that they would botch the plan so everything went according to plan <laughs> yeah so that's definitely a recurring theme and also i mean finn uh, that's something the series ha- attempted to show what was finn's transformation from a fight first to forgive think first kind of person talk it out first kind of person so it's interesting that this episode tries to show him as like aware but He's not really, because he's still that, like, boyish, just off-to-fight type kid anyway, so I don't know. It's just, the whole episode is really strange to me. I didn't get to hear the commentary track, but is there any other hints to how they even came up with this idea or structured it the way they did? Because it's just... (laughs) So, truly random uh, of all the Adventure Time episodes I've seen. Truly random. Not connected in any reasonable way. Uh, nope, I, they didn't really talk much about the pitch. I, I know there was someone, I can't remember what his name was, but he said that, you know, he, it was like the first episode of the show where he didn't see anything leading up to it. I mean, obviously he must have known it was in production, but the first time he actually saw it was when it aired on TV. And he said that felt weird. <laughs> that is pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, if you're used to seeing these things, you know, as they grow from a pitch to a storyboard to the finished episode, and then you just see the finished episode and nothing else. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't really talk about the pitch. They they kind of elaborated more on the, you know, the, the ghosts. You know, Finn and Jake interpret them as best buds. 
uh, you know, the, the intent was for them to put more close friends or maybe, you know, close couples, who knows, but who kind of just got so caught up in the fighting for fighting's sake, just like Finn was there to do. And until eventually, you know, they were fighting each other once they got, once they got so absorbed into the whole gladiatorial glory thing, <laughs> they betrayed one another. But Finn was too strong. Right. So all in all, a very deep episode. It, it was also mentioned that these ghosts were very, very great opponents for Finn because, you know, they're already dead. So he can fight them completely without consequence. He could just cut loose. Yeah, well, especially when he decapitates one of them. Definitely yeah. pushes that PG rating. <laughs> so as far as my Rebecca Sugar checklist goes, uh, we do have crying. We have oh, yeah. we have Jake drawn in, a, in another unique way. The way he kind of falls in a split. And for a split second, we see that he has a really defined butt and thighs. And you go, wait, <laughs> what? And then later he complains about his thighs hurting. And again, yeah. drawn like that. I feel like Rebecca Sugar especially, kind of like with her obsession over Peridot's fingers, just really enjoys getting to use a very plastic character like Jake with a lot of plasticity. You know, she can shape him how she wants. And then I think just the nature of the ghosts and the weird, is it symbolism, is it not, dealings is kind of her touch. Yeah, I mean, those did seem to be same-sex couples. And, and representation always uh always always good for rebecca and it's funny with all the latin names that they're shouting out Mm -hmm. too it's kind of another layer of you know whatever 2011 2012 you know it 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 unfortunately is more subtext than text but but definitely there so yeah and don't forget the ukulele song and the ukulele song so that's that's like that's like her trademark right there yeah the uke so I mean this this is I think my favorite. And when I when I saw this on the list of Rebecca Sugar episodes, I was like, "Oh yes, this in Chamber of Frozen Blades, baby. This is what I live for." <laughs> that there was of course the season 1 episode Dungeon that I absolutely loved and that was uh, not Rebecca Sugar and Adam Muto, that was Elizabeth Ito and Adam Muto, but uh, I I absolutely loved the the dungeon with the the cat I'm going to pounce again. And and of course, the very end where Bubblegum's mad at them. What have you learned today? We learned that you're a very intelligent princess. <laughs> Darn right I am. So like those are those are my top three early Adventure Time episodes. Yeah, I, I uh, it's hard for me to, to have a similar list just because there's been so many now and it's been a while since since I thought of the top ones. But I do feel that these Rebecca Sugar ones seem to call to me more more than other ones. There are some pretty cool season five and six episodes that happen, but episodes like this just remind me of that kind of creativity that she can't even really execute in Steven Universe. Steven Universe just cannot have an episode as nonsensical as this, and uh, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm sorry, Say Uncle says what? Even that, okay, I mean, I guess if the plot thread is questionable in that episode, Garnet literally calls out that she's not sure when it should end and just punches through whiteness, but you know. You know, I'm just determined to mention Say Uncle in as many episodes as possible. <laughs> I mean, it. I whenever, <laughs> like, when I've watched the series in order before, and then I come to that episode, I go, I, 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 it's just, I can't believe I forget it exists every time because I push it so far into the back of my mind. Hoping to forget Uncle Grandpa's disproportionately sized head and um, famous catchphrase. I mean, I, I will be fair. Like, not canon equals not remembered. 
<laughs> but it's fun otherwise. So, I mean, it's, it's a fun otherworlds adventure. Maybe someday, uh, just as the gladiators were warped off into never being in another episode again, Uncle Grandpa will also warp away and never be mentioned in a Lunacy Spired episode again. But today was not that day. Nope. <laughs> Uncle Grandpa on the podcast is like the game. You can never win. You can just not lose. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, did you have did you have any more thoughts about our gladiator ghost episode? The greatest of all time? I'm probably gonna go put that Jake song back on again. I really hope that they make an album of Jake Song someday. It's kind of amazing <laughs> that when Adventure Time ended, they finally released like the first album of music ever on iTunes. And um, you know, there's several shows I'm still waiting to have soundtracks for. You know, Avatar Last Airbender, waiting on you. We Bear Bears has some really good ones. Yeah. So a Jake album, you know, Cartoon Network. If you're looking to sell um something cool, um, you know, just Jake songs, easy. And this one is really w- one of the best. I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that. I think you're darn right. That's right. Cartoon Network, hire me, please. This man knows what soundtracks you need. <laughs> yeah, we'll get them. We'll, we'll print them. We'll put them in jewel cases. And the kids are going to love them because who doesn't love CDs? Yeah, children love physical media. That's what my market research says right now. Yes. Uh, you know, get yourself... A cool, I mean, those portable CD players are You sweet, get them a disc know? for their Walkman, it's a great Christmas gift. Oh, yeah. Well, Walkman, not, you're getting a little old-fashioned. I'm thinking the kind of, you know, CD player that was roughly the size of a CD, just a little bigger, headphone jack, 3.5 millimeters. Ooh, good, good <laughs> stuff, you know? I'm just saying. Well, guys, that's been us on Muraturi Te Salutamus. Until next week, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.